All right, we've got a huge show for you in store today. Former President Obama returning to the White House to remind everyone that this is actually his third term. Next, we're going to get into the new bill, child porn laws toughening the sentencing that Senator Hawley was supporting, and yet Democrats, for some reason, aren't interested in. But before we do all that, I want to tell you guys about the Young Women's Leadership Summit. It's coming up June 2nd to 4th for TPUSA. It's at the Gaylord in Grapevine, Texas, just outside uh, Dallas. If you really want to go, look, the Gaylord, a beautiful resort, a fantastic resort. I'm so excited that YWLS has been able to secure this. You're going to have a fantastic time. You're going to meet some of the top conservative speakers. Make sure you go. And when you sign up, tpusa.com slash YWLS, you use promo code POSO. You can save big. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today's top stories, Democrats oppose the Josh Hawley bill on tougher sentences for child porn amid the KBJ confirmation hearings. Next, Durham releases former Clinton lawyers' text messages. We're going to break all of that down next. D.C. police find five fetuses in the home of an anti-abortion activist. There's been a huge press conference on this. We're going to break it all down. And finally, President Biden brings President Obama, former President Obama, back to the White House as his approval ratings remain dismal. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. These guidelines that you promulgated don't reflect the reality of today. We know as well that uh, the guidelines were written, some were written in an era when the materials we're talking about were physical materials and we now live in a world of internet and access to not just tens and hundreds but thousands of images if that is your decision so that's senator dick durbin and i just i hear this clip and i wonder how this resonates with middle america when he says you know it's just their decision to click on some child pornography you know who are we to say, who are we to judge when it's just somebody's decision? I mean, you, you might have different decisions, you know. Well, I could turn around and say, you mean like it might be my decision to purchase, say, I don't know, an AR-15, right? Isn't that my decision? Oh, right, by the way, a decision that's backed by the Second Amendment of the United States. That's, that's, that's a legal guarantee of the right to keep and bear arms. So can I keep and bear arms because that's my decision? No, 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 no. So what's amazing here is that Senator Hawley and Senator Tom Cotton has been fantastic on this issue as well. They've actually pinpointed a situation where criminal justice reform has gone so far around the bend on all this stuff. It's gone so far around the bend that they've gotten to the point where they're actually starting to claim, and people realize this, and it came out through the KBJ hearings. And, you know, I remember all the PolitiFact, PolitiFact attacked us for saying this, and so many people were trying to, you know, explain away why she was saying all the things she's saying and why Senator Durbin is saying the things that he's saying now. But what it really comes down to is the fact that for so many people in the left-wing legal profession, have this new idea, this Marxist critical theory derived kind of idea that all of society should be split into two camps, oppressor versus oppressed. So you have the oppressor class and the oppressed class. And that if a member, if a person is a member of the oppressed class, then their crime is, should not be as strong, should not be considered as strong because of their lived experience of oppression, right? And again, I'm not claiming that 
for all the PolitiFact guys watching this, I'm merely saying that's essentially their argument. Their argument is that crime should be negligible. And this comes down to the ideas of moral relativism, this idea that there isn't one set of moral codes that we should put everything in context and that aren't these people truly, yes, they may have broken some laws that were written on some books by some old white men, but aren't they really the victims themselves of a broken society? And shouldn't we therefore be careful? Like the Washington Post wrote a whole column defending essentially this um, puff piece on a child pedophile, someone who'd been looking at this kind of stuff and saying, well, he was, he was a troubled youth and he accidentally and he didn't want to ruin his whole life. And, you know, those arguments and the, the idea of redemption, obviously, is something that to me as a Christian and a Catholic is something that's very personal to me and something that I want to talk about. But at the same time, when I'm looking at society, you can't start your legal, philosophical and judicial philosophy from a position of believing that there's this idea of an oppressor class and an oppressed class. There are people. There are people that are operating in a society. And we can't have two sets of rules. We have one set of rules, it's called the law, and it's called the rule of law. So when Senator Hawley comes up and says, I think we should increase these penalties, and then Durham comes out and says, well, the internet, and you know, this, it's this total like, you know, I'm sorry. And, and Durbin is a guy who's you know, pretty much been in the Senate since the Civil War. Um, he remembers what it was like before we even had mail, before when the post office was actually run by ponies. It was the Pony Express, apparently, um, thinking that, well, when you click something, look, I've been on the Internet, what, 20 years at this point. I ain't never clicked on anything like that. Senator Durbin, have, have you ever accidentally clicked on something? Have you clicked a link that you didn't mean to, sir? No. We understand what's going on here. We've become broken as a society because we've lost our moral core. And that's essentially what this bill, what Senator Hawley, what Senator Cotton, what so many other people are trying to bring us back to. This idea of understanding that these crimes have real victims. The victims being the children who were victimized when the photos were taken and are re-victimized every single time one of those photos is viewed. Those are the victims in this case. And it doesn't last for just 15 minutes or 20 minutes or however long, you know, someone's on a website. It lasts their entire lives. These people are in trauma. They grow up continuing to re-experience that trauma, to be re-traumatized again and again and again. And so that's why harsher penalties has nothing to do with reforming society. It has to do with protecting victims and deterrence of more crime. Last week, we saw the writing on the wall for the U.S. dollar and what it means for us as a country and what it means for you as an individual and what it means for your family. We are in for a tough year, and the Biden printing and spending could be catastrophic for the U.S. dollar and the market. Now, real patriots know that Biden inflation is the real pandemic, and it's about to get worse. That is why that I recommend you diversify with gold and silver now. The only company that I personally recommend is Allegiance Gold. My friends at Allegiance Gold can help protect your IRA or 401k with physical gold and silver and have it delivered securely right to your door. They will educate you on the benefits of physical gold because they care and want to build a long-term relationship. Allegiance Gold has the highest rating from third-party consumer protection agencies. Five stars with TrustLink, they're AAA rated with the Consumer Business Alliance and have an A-plus from the Better Business Bureau. Get $500 of free silver on a qualifying purchase when you tell them that I sent you. So don't wait, call or click today. Where do you go? 
show, you go to allegiancegold.com slash POSO. We cannot control Biden administration or world events, but we can prepare for what happens. Take action. Allegiancegold.com slash POSO. So the biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my well, campaign, There's Leslie. no real evidence of that. Of course there is. No. It's all over the place. Leslie, Sir, they spied on my campaign and they got I, caught. Can I say something? You know, this is 60 Minutes, and we can't put on things we can't no, verify. you won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't Look, put on you. things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied and, on my campaign. Well, we can't verify that. It's been totally that. verified. No. It's been, just go down and get the papers. They spied on my campaign, they got caught. No. And then they went much further than that, and they got caught. And you will see that, Leslie, and you know that, but you just don't want to no, put it on the air. No, as a matter of fact, I don't know that. Okay. So that's President Trump explaining the spying operation that went on on his campaign. We now know it continued through the White House. And we're not saying that we know it because we think that's what happened or we contend that's what happened. This is now being proven in court and you need to go to Technofog, you need to be studying his Substack. I don't say read his Substack. I actually say you need to study Technofog's Substack because he's been the one doing the painstaking work of going into these court transcripts, these hearings in the Sussman case, all of the Durham filings, bringing out only the points that really need to matter and then putting his analysis on it at the end. He's obviously an attorney, by the way, if you guys hadn't figured that out yet, even though he does this anonymously and really breaks down this information in a way that's so important for us to get out. And by the way, a note on that. So there's been this debate lately going on. Uh, Elon Musk bought you know, a huge percentage of Twitter. He's now on the board. And a lot of people have noticed, even conservatives and independents are saying that one of the things that they want Elon Musk to change when it comes to Twitter and social media in general that should be changed is this ability for people to have anonymous screen names or use pseudonyms and be able to post online without using the real name. They wanted to people to have to verify using government ID to get in. I couldn't disagree with that more. Anonymity is a great protection for people in times like this. For a guy like Technofog, who's able to continue to have his practice in operation, but then also to do this work on the side for the good of our society, for the good of our country, for the good of our children, to be able to do this work it's imperative that he stays anonymous. Yes, I know, you know, there was a kind of a story arc where he got married and his fiance basically, you know, kind of let everybody know who he was, but that's not the point. The point is anonymity is a tradition that goes back to the silence do good letters. It goes back to the Federalist Papers. If you watch Freedom Papers by um, hosted here on TPOSA by the great Morgan Zeggers, it goes back to the writings of Voltaire. Anonymity is so important because it allows you to be freed from the strictures of your time to be able to truly say what it is you want without repercussion of anything that might come down on you. So if you're living through a time of tyranny, if you're living through a time of oppression, if you're living through a time where you feel that there will be reprisal for you, whether it be from government authorities, whether it be from workplace, whether it be from whatever you're worried about, anonymity is a protection of that. And so that's why I'm somebody who, even though obviously I use my real name in my work and on, online and social media, I completely support the idea of people who want to say, stay anonymous. And I think it is something that should be protected. So uh, after all that, let's dig into what, you know, why, you know, why are you citing a guy named Technofog, right? It's a pseudonym. Get over it. 
On September 19, 2016, DNC Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman met with FBI General Counsel James Baker, where Baker was provided with data and a, quote, white paper purporting to show covert communications between Russia and the Trump organization. Special Counsel John Durham just provided evidence that the night before, on September 18, 2016, Sussman sent Baker this text. Jim, it's Michael Sussman. I have something time-sensitive and sensitive I need to discuss. Do you have an ability for a short meeting tomorrow? I'm coming on my own. And here's the money shot. Not on behalf of a client or company. I want to help the Bureau. Thanks. And then there's some emphasis added from, from Technofog if you read this. But as it turns out, Sussman was working on behalf of the Clinton campaign for his work into this, for his investigation into this Trump-Russia thing. We then also found out, obviously, if you've been following Technofog and following the thread of reporting that we've been doing here, those communications, right, the data that was going back and forth between these servers was fake. It had been made up. It was spoofed. It was a lie. And not only was it a lie for political purposes, it was a material lie because obviously this was being done to gin up an FBI investigation so the lie went to the FBI. Then the FBI was also told, by the way, that this guy Sussman, who, you know, we, I'd love to have a longer conversation about why it is that Clinton lawyers have such a great, cozy, buddy-buddy relationship with the FBI in the first place. But when he specifically said, I'm not doing this on behalf of a campaign or client or a client or company, I'm doing it to help the Bureau. I'm just doing it for my country out of an abundance of patriotism, my red, white, and blue beating heart for the United States of America. It was a lie. The whole thing was a lie. And the fact that you lied in a material investigation to the FBI obviously means you are in hot water. And then the question then becomes how many people were lying? How many people were paid to lie by the Clinton campaign in 2016? And did the FBI do their due diligence of looking into those lies or did they run with it because that's the narrative they wanted to believe? When I was in the military, one of the most important things they taught us was about being prepared. And you don't realize the peace of mind that comes with how being truly prepared you can be. And that's how I felt when I opened the MyFact from MyMedic. My medic was born when a tragic car accident claimed the lives of the family members of the founder. Bystanders with no first aid supplies or training watched and waited 25 helpless minutes for emergency medical personnel to arrive, and when they did, it was too late. Too many of us are unprepared for emergencies. Well, my medic's goal is to empower you with the skills, knowledge, and first aid supplies to save a life. You can go and check out their MyFact Pro right now. It's not your typical box of bandages. It comes with over 100 quality first aid and trauma supplies, including a tourniquet, chest seals, quick clot, and more. With this kit, you just buy one you have in your house, you throw it in your car, you will be prepared to treat everything from basic cuts all the way up to an actual gunshot wound. Where do you go? MyMedic.com POSO. You get 25% off with promo code POSO, and there's a free life-saving online course. MyMedic.com POSO. They are made in the USA and guaranteed for life. MyMedic.com POSO. The 115 babies found at St. Angelo's abortion mill included 110 first trimester babies, as well as five third trimester babies killed by St. Angelo. 
The corpses of these five babies appear to indicate a violation of federal law. Dr. San Angelo needs to be investigated immediately by the U.S. Department of Justice, who is tasked with enforcing federal law. Furthermore, we believe the D.C. Metro Police are actively involved in a cover-up of Dr. San Angelo's crimes. So that was a press conference that was held yesterday in Washington, D.C. from anti-abortion activists, whistleblowers, who claim that they've discovered evidence of violations of federal law on partial birth abortions in the city of Washington, D.C. And I do have to apologize for not being able to attend the press conference myself. We're out in Phoenix, Arizona, doing the show from the Turning Point USA mothership. That's why I've got a different background this week. But that is absolutely something that I would have liked to go to. But uh, thank God we had somebody like Mary Margaret Olihan there reporting for the Daily Wire to be able to get us this video. We thank you, Mary Margaret, for your tireless efforts in this direction and all of the great reporting that she's been doing. This case is disgusting, obviously. It's atrocious. It's horrific. If you've seen these photos and live action and Lila Rose and so many other people have been posting them, many people are making direct connections to Kermit Gosnell and the House of Horrors from West Philadelphia from a few years back. It's even a movie about this, a feature film that was made about this at this point. So the question becomes then, will there be an investigation into what went on here? Because it seems that there's an investigation now into the anti-abortion activists and their efforts to procure this information and even procure the actual evidence in terms of the bodies of these children to be able to come forward. But yet the Washington Post is reporting the DC police won't even conduct an autopsy of the bodies. So this is the problem, right? Because you've got an overlapping statute um, or overlapping jurisdiction issue, right? Because what they're saying is under DC law, this is legal, but under federal law, it's illegal. But then the question is, what's the enforcement mechanism for that federal law? So we've talked about how, you know, in the last segment we were talking about, the FBI is perfectly fine to open investigation of the Trump campaign based on some text messages and a meeting with a Clinton lawyer. But when it comes to stuff like this, it seemed to be completely out to lunch. The actual killing of children. And child sacrifice is something that's going on, by the way, for hundreds of years. Right, it goes all the way back to the days of the worship of Moloch. Right? That's what all this is. It goes back to the worship of Moloch and child sacrifice. That's what we're seeing. Because when they look at this, you know, we can talk about the technicalities of the partial birth abortion ban, and we can talk about you know, what DC law is, but at the same time, I think if anyone's seen these photos, it's horrific and it's disgusting. And now this guy, and they're, they're targeting essentially one doctor, and his name is Cesare Santangelo. He's out of Washington, D.C. And we're also told by the activists, now they say that they were given these materials, these bodies, by a whistleblower who was involved in a cleanup operation. They say that the boxes that were intercepted that contained the bodies are from the bio-waste company Curtis Bay Energy, which states that they burn biomedical waste to sustain the energy needs of the Baltimore area. She added, this means tragically that if they receive, transfer, and burn the corpses of aborted babies to make electricity for the households and businesses of the Baltimore area. If you live in the Baltimore area, you must know that aborted babies have been burned to keep your lights on and to keep your house warm. I know that there are people on both sides of this issue. 
I get that. I'm a pro-life guy. I'm Catholic. I've always been pro-life. But look at what's actually going on if this is something that you believe that you can support. These kids, they could have lived. When you see how they're way bigger than preemies, they're way bigger than babies that are born so much younger and are still able to live thanks to modern technology. These kids could have lived. They could have had lives. They could have gone on to be pioneers, innovators, anything else in the world. But they were cut down because of this doctor and the authorities in this country don't seem to want to lift a finger to do a single thing about it. Thank you. Vice President Biden, Vice President. <laughs> that was a joke. That was all set up. <laughs> My president, Joe Biden, Vice President Harris. So President Obama, former President Obama, returns his triumphant return to the White House yesterday. And he went there because this is kind of like, so a lot of people have said that the Biden administration is Obama's third term in office, right? And I think there's a lot of truth to that. And we're seeing, by the way, how you are enjoying that? Are you all enjoying President Obama's third term? Is it working out well for you? It's going pretty good? I think so. I think it's, I think it's, everything's going swimmingly. Look at our energy. You look at gas prices, foreign policy. Everything's going great. Just absolutely great, right? Yeah, 100%. 100%. So you've got President Obama coming in, and it reminded me that it's kind of like when you have a spinoff of a hit TV show, and the ratings are in the toilet so you've got to bring in the lead character from the original show to do a cameo to try to boost things up a little bit hey guys you you, you remember him right you remember this you know i was going to make i was going to make a reference um i tweeted this yesterday i was going to make a reference to breaking bad and better call saul but it doesn't actually work because better call saul is very very successful you don't need to bring brian cranston in to make better call saul successful but maybe um you know you guys can think of a million other spin-offs that has happened but that's basically what's happening here. And I, I think it's incredible. There's also this video going around and it's millions and millions of views. And it's and it's it's almost sad. You almost it comes so close to tugging on your heartstrings that you almost for a second feel bad for President Biden, but then you don't because you remember that he's the guy who's actually in the seat making these decisions and driving our country into the dumpster the way he is. So he's walking around, just sort of doddering around as everyone who's in this room rushes to go see President Obama, and then Biden is just kind of putting his hands up. Hey, I'm here. Look at me. Don't you care about me? You know, one thing I track, and I've been tracking this since the day it happened, and I've been, every interview, every chance that there's a long form, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, I look into this. President Obama has never, publicly, as far as we know, has never publicly congratulated President Biden on beating his all-time record for votes with 81 million votes, right? He's never publicly said the closest he's ever come is he said, congratulations on your historic victory. 
historic victory. So in, in Hollywood, for example, right, there's this whole thing about who has the highest grossing movie of all time. Right now it's Avatar. And that the movie that was previously the highest grossing will congratulate, and there's usually like a poster or some art that's made, you know, in order to do this whenever they get beaten. So, you know, first it was Star Wars, then it was Titanic, and now it's Avatar. And that's, by the way, not adjusting for inflation. You adjust for inflation, it's, uh, it's clearly, clearly, clearly uh, Sound of Music. And, but, but, President Obama has never publicly congratulated President Biden on this. And so when you look at the whole thing, it's just a joke. What, he's reliving the, reliving the great old days of invading Syria and Libya, arming jihadists from Benghazi to Aleppo, bombing half the world? Yeah, those were a great eight years. That was wonderful. And we're seeing, by the way, the fruits of those eight years right now in the Donbass, in Kiev, in Armenia, and across the world. Well, that's all the time we have today, Human Events Daily. Remember our promise, our oath, our solemn vow to you, be good, be brief, be gone. You know, I was, I was talking to people yesterday about the podcast who you know, came up and said they were big fans, and I said, you know, it's almost like Human Events Daily is a podcast for people who don't like podcasts because it's short, it's easy, be good, be brief, be gone. We're in, we're out, we're done. You get your news, and then you can go about the rest of your day. What do we talk about today? First, Dems opposing the Hawley Bill on tougher sentences for child porn. Next, the Durham, Durham investigation releasing former Clinton lawyers' text messages proving they lied. D.C. police finding five fetuses in the home of the anti-abortion activists. They held a huge press conference. And finally, President Biden bringing former President Obama back to the White House. But before we go, it's time for today's history break. Today, in the year 1917, the United States declared war on Germany, thus entering World War I. Understand what happens when the United States gets involved in foreign wars. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.